0: The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Salt Lake City is suing UDOT over the proposed gondola in Little Cottonwood Canyon. Plus, we are already in a new election year and picks of the week. Executive producer Emily Means is here to help break it all down. It's Friday, December 15th. I'm Ali Viarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake.
1: <laughs>
0: Happy Friday, Emily Means. Lots of bureaucracy this week? Always something exciting for us to talk about, Ali. <laughs> New red tape to climb through like we're stealing blood diamonds um let's get into it salt lake city sandy city and the what is it called the salt lake metropolitan water district is that right i
1: believe so and i frankly didn't know that was a thing but here we are (laughs) the joint metropolitan water district
0: Of Salt Lake and Sandy, they are suing the Utah Department of Transportation and saying, hey, this plan to build an eight-mile gondola up Little Cottonwood Canyon could impede on our water sources. And it is our legal duty as cities, as municipalities, to protect the drinking water for our constituents. And therefore— We're suing you.
1: What an interesting angle, because they're not really saying we hate the gondola. What they're (laughs) saying is we feel like the environmental analysis you conducted on the gondola project did not take into consideration that it might impact our water supply.
0: Well, to be fair, they've already tried we hate the gondola and UDOT didn't care. So they're getting creative.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a I think it's a pretty good argument. And other organizations have also filed lawsuits this week against the Utah Department of Transportation, Save Our Canyons, which is an environmental advocacy organization. And Ali, I guess I'm not that surprised by this, because there were kind of rumblings that Perhaps some sort of legal action could be taken around the gondola. And we talked about that on this show as well. Back in September, uh, we reported on some discussions that were happening at the Central Wasatch Commission, which is a group of elected officials that have some sort of stake in our Wasatch mountains here. Salt Lake City included, Sandy City included, and many more uh, about you know, maybe how we can move forward with this gondola proposal. So I'm not surprised to see this, but
0: here we go. It's, the third lawsuit since the start of December. Right, People are not giving up this fight. I mean, nor should they, though we got this really interesting email from a listener asking us, after we did an episode about UDOT approving the gondola basically as part of their multi-stage plan to mitigate traffic in Little Cottonwood Canyon, which for anyone who's unfamiliar with the gondola proposal, that is the problem that we are quote unquote trying to solve here is right. the red snake. And all the fallout that comes from too much traffic in a delicate ecosystem in a canyon. Because let's be clear, like when we think about degradation of water sources, like sending a boatload of cars up somewhere is also not good for the ecosystem. So but the point that cities have been trying to make is like, do we need to build this eight mile gondola? Like what if we tried? some other things first, mm-hmm. like incentivizing carpooling, tolling, buses, which, to be fair, is also part of UDOT's proposal. But this gondola is expensive, and and the it seems like the general consensus among Utahns is that it's kind of a boondoggle.
1: Right. Well, and this comment that we got from a listener was trying to understand why do opponents of the gondola basically think the gondola has won? You know, we mm-hmm. are maybe... 10 years or more down the road from the gondola actually being built there isn't yet funding available for the gondola while there is funding available for enhanced bus service and tolling up little cottonwood canyon and i think ali i think why people feel like the gondola has won is because It seems like the kind of project that our legislative leaders want to happen, right? Like, they love this kind of big, shiny, innovative approach to something we already know what possible solutions could be, right? Which Mm -hmm. is more bus service. And historically, uh, our state will find a way to make these things happen, right? Yeah. Um, And it might be at the expense of other stuff that we really want and we really need. So... I think it's all about perception of how things work in this state, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, it comes from a place of trauma, right? Like we know that at the end of the day, the only person whose opinion matters on a, a giant infrastructure project like this. I mean, you can collect, you know, thousands of public comments. But at the end of the day, if the speaker of the Utah House of Representatives decides that this is something we're doing, they have the will and the way. And so I think, yeah, we're exhausted, right? Like we're exhausted by the feeling that our government is not as participatory as it claims to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why people are like, man, like if they're not hearing us now, then they're not going to hear us when they're having closed door meetings. I mean, look at the story from the Utah Lake Islands like proposal, is basically that they take every opportunity, state leaders, to have closed-door meetings so that the public don't know what's going on or can't weigh in. And so we have every reason to be disillusioned, but I think this listener makes a really solid point, which is that doesn't mean that you should give up or assume it's a loss because exhausting you – I mean, tinfoil hat on, exhausting your electorate is a really good way to get what you want.
1: (laughs) I think another thing that's particularly frustrating about this project is just looking at how much it could possibly cost. The gondola is expected to cost around a billion dollars. And that's frustrating, especially when we see that the Utah Department of Transportation is building light rail to the point. Uh, the new Point of the Mountain project, which is a state-run economic development project at the site of the former state prison, and that light rail is only proposed to cost $945 million. Why is it that we can find money for these types of projects that benefit the state in this way or that's a nice, shiny addition to our mountains, but
0: we have to expand
1: highways in and around Salt Lake City?
0: Right. I mean, the the big argument against the gondola is that this would be a taxpayer funded apparatus to deliver people who participate in one of the most expensive sports on earth to the doorstep of private resorts that print cash all winter long from people participating in one of the most expensive sports on earth that, frankly, a fraction of Utah's population participates in. Like, Mm -hmm. if we're gonna build a $1 billion light rail to the point, like, regular regular people are gonna ride that thing to get to work, presumably. This is public transit for a private sector and for privately wealthy individuals, and that is, like, not cool. Um, Let's talk about I-15 a little bit, though, because when this news came out that this lawsuit was being filed, I saw a lot of people online Saying, well, wait a minute. If we can sue the Utah Department of Transportation over the gondola, why aren't we suing over this I-15 expansion Mm -hmm. that is going to blow our highway into Salt Lake City neighborhoods? Well, neighborhoods between Salt Lake City and Farmington. It's supposed to displace businesses. It's going to force the relocation of homes. And I thought, like, it's a really interesting point because there's this quote in the press release for the lawsuit against the, you know, we shouldn't say, they're not suing Gondola Works, right? They're suing Utah Department of Transportation. The lawsuit is about drinking water and the environmental study. But this quote from Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, clean, safe drinking water is not something we take for granted, and we will take every step necessary to ensure this resource is considered and protected for residents throughout the valley. You could replace the words Mm. drinking water with air in that sentence, and make a case for suing against the I-15 expansion.
1: <laughs> hmm, that's an interesting point, Allie.
0: In a part of the city that we know, like, it, the air quality is getting worse and worse, and it's increasingly dangerous.
1: Right. And, I mean, if we're going to send light rail in a Draper direction, why can't we just send it in a Farmington direction? I know that the frontrunner goes there as well. Uh, but... Why not give people more public transit options, right, instead of having to build lane after lane on I-15 and hoping that it will solve our traffic problems when we know that it does not solve our traffic problems to build more highways? And even Spencer Cox, Governor Spencer Cox, has pointed to
0: that. I mean, talk about like exhausting people into obliging you. We even talked to a state lawmaker, Republican state lawmaker Todd Weiler who represents the district that would be impacted by this expansion and he himself said yeah sure we expand the highway so that we don't have this traffic crisis in 2050 but by 2050 we'll have to expand the highway all over again and it's like okay so the call is coming from inside the house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah we'll see you on the train okay? Okay.
0: Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants, but the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments, so if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. All right, let's move on and talk about how we are already in another election year. (laughs)
1: But the end of, we haven't even gotten to the next year yet. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) My God. Be quiet
0: and watch these announcement videos.
1: (laughs) Yes, we are moving right along. And uh, I think the biggest news, Allie, when it comes to uh, next year's election is Attorney General Sean Reyes is not Running for re-election, we learned this this past week, and uh, he's made this decision after some really good reporting by the Salt Lake Tribune and other news outlets detailing his. Bad behavior where do you begin? In office, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm like literally, I don't even know how to sum this up anymore. <laughs> his ties to Operation Underground Railroad founder Tim Ballard, who is you know who has sexual assault allegations against him. Uh, the Tribune did some really good reporting on Reyes's use of campaign donations to fund lavish trips about the country. Uh, and also Reyes won't release his official schedule to media. So we actually have no idea how he's spending his time. And that's really pissed off Utah state legislature who wants to audit his office to find out how he is spending his time and our taxpayer dollars. So just a big old mess for Sean Reyes. I mean,
0: To be clear, he is currently named in a lawsuit against Operation Underground Railroad founder Tim Ballard that alleges that he was witness tampering and intimidating a witness in that case, which, I mean, if you've read the witness testimony from these women and these couples in this lawsuit against Tim Ballard, they are truly horrific. Like it's It's disgusting and disturbing stuff that's being alleged here. Um, There was also a story that dropped uh, yesterday morning from the Utah Investigative Journalism Project saying that basically – Attorney General Sean Reyes, something that's important to know is that like when he was voted in, he was replacing a different attorney general who had left office in sort of scandal and corruption. And so one of his big promises was like, I'm going to clean up the office of the Mm -hmm. attorney general. This is a really important office. This is the, you know, basically the chief uh, law enforcement officer for the state. And now the office is being accused of quote haphazard record keeping. Oh my
1: god! There's a Allie, story. I haven't even seen that you yet. haven't seen this. There's a <laughs> no. story in this
0: piece about how the judge, a, a third district court judge, is frustrated with Reyes and his office because they can't find things. So like. Basically, there was this thumb drive that apparently had all this like important communication on it and like no one could find it. And in 2022, five years after the judge had asked for the records to be produced, the thumb drive was found in a, quote, junk drawer in a side credenza in the IT director's Uh, office. Well, (laughs) that's where
1: all thumb drives live. (laughs)
0: I mean, that's where my thumb drives are. But my God, I'm not the attorney general of the state of Utah. Like, Oof-ta. so now wow. basically there's like even new sort of revelations that like the office is being run poorly.
1: Right. Presumably. Well, that's frustrating, Ali. And I'm sure frustrating to all of the good attorneys who work in the attorney general's office. When we talked to Senator Todd Weiler about Reyes, you know, he was like, there are some really good people working Mm -hmm. in this office, and they are talented attorneys, and they're doing good work for the state. But it's like story after story that comes out about Reyes undermines their credibility. Yeah, I would be pissed. And I would also be pissed after this press release that the attorney general's office put out, Ali, I don't know if you saw that this week, listing all of Sean Reyes' accomplishments over the past 10 years. It was weird. It came from the official attorney general's Twitter account and not to mention his video announcing his resignation was just bizarre.
0: It was it was very reminiscent of your former President Trump's era where we would get this was how information was communicated to the public. Like this video is nine minutes and 38 seconds long, which is approximately nine minutes and 30 seconds longer than it takes to say I will not be seeking reelection. Right. It's very like Utah is better because of me. That is the message. Yep. And he spends nine minutes making that point. He talks about how like he's been pursuing lawsuits related to the like securing our border. And I'm like, With Arizona State. (laughs) We're not a border. (laughs) Like, our border with (laughs) who? Like, it's so, so strange. It's
1: so strange. And, Ali, I've been thinking about what Sean Reyes will be remembered for. All of these things that he thinks he's done that are good for our state. I mean, his legacy will be that he's just yet another. Republican Attorney General in our state who ended his tenure in office in scandal. Correct. Okay, and so looking ahead, I mean, that means that there will be an open seat, right? Mm -hmm. So no one will have to go up against incumbent Attorney General Sean Reyes. Uh, And we're already seeing one person throw their name in the ring. Uh, Former Utah GOP Chair Derek Brown is officially, officially running to replace Reyes. He's a nice guy. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what I have to say about him. He also plays a mean jazz piano.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is kind of a party darling. Um, this seat will almost certainly be held by a Republican in the future because it's a statewide election and that's just how they go. Um, I I'm curious if like others will get in the race or if they'll just be kind of a rank and file lineup behind Derek Brown. Well, I have some
1: thoughts, Allie, if I may. Mm, so Derek Brown was chair of the party before a major turning point in the party, I feel like. Um, we've kind of seen this hard right swing uh, among the Republican Party nationally, but also here in Utah. And I really think of this in like when I'm thinking about defining our Republican Party here, I think about Mitt Romney Republicans and Mike Lee Republicans. Okay, And I think of Derek Brown in the same vein as Mitt Romney. So, you know, a little bit more measured in tone, not a Trump supporter kind of Republican. And so I'm wondering, you know, if Derek Brown will be our more Mitt Romney choice. And then who is going to step up to be our more Mike Lee Trumpian choice? I would have said Sean Reyes because Sean Reyes is totally Trump's guy. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess we'll see someone else step up to fill that role.
0: Yeah. I mean, Sean Reyes is so Trump's guy that he literally went to Nevada to try and figure out if he could help overturn the election results in 2020. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know who that could be. I mean, I also don't know much about, like, the legal community, right? Like, but it does feel like a lot of legislators are either lawyers or landlords, so.
1: You know, on the note of who will likely hold this office, you said it'll probably be a Republican. Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. But it was only three attorneys general ago that we had a Democrat in this role,
0: Jan Graham.
1: And... Mm -hmm. I think it's probably a really good time for a Democrat to step up, right? I mean, you can point to the last three attorneys general, all Republicans, all leaving office mired in scandal. If I were a Democrat, I would be like, listen, do you want this office to continue on this path? This seems like a good time for a Democrat to step up. What do you think, Allie?
0: I'm not sure that the Utah Democratic Party in its current state and form has the vision or the resources to properly message their way into winning a big seat like this right now. Hmm. And I don't think that they have built the groundswell or the grassroots infrastructure. Like Because what someone like that would need is to be able to go into a place like Garfield County, to go mm-hmm. into Washington County and at least be able to point to local Democratic electeds in those places that are beloved. But like they have not invested significantly in city council seats, in like these hyper local elections. Like they have not built a groundswell in this state. And so they're not ready when there is an opportunity like this to run someone who could actually take it or come close in a statewide election. And consistently, the party and its supporters aren't interested in doing that. Like we see them run these federal candidates and throw a ton of money at them and not make any significant changes in a grassroots way. And so I don't think that they've got the resources or the vision or, frankly, the data to get it done. But I think that if it was a more organized, more visionary institution, then, yeah, I would agree with you. Mm -hmm. But Reyes won his last, what, three elections by, like, 27 points? I mean... Yeah. I mean, statewide elections usually look like this. Republicans, 60%
1: of the vote. (laughs) Democrats, 40% of the vote. Almost without fail. (laughs) Yeah. In, In any office. So... Yeah, I mean, if it was gonna be the year, this
0: would be the year, right? But will it? Yeah, it might end up being a missed opportunity, but we'll see. Well, another race that could shape up to be really interesting is uh, the Salt Lake County Council. There's gonna be an at-large seat that is available here in 2024 that has been held for a long time, by Democrat Jim Bradley, who, like every election year, those "I'd gladly vote for Bradley" signs. Like <laughs> he's, he's kind of a legend. I mean, he's. I would actually argue he's one of the more progressive members of the Salt Lake County Council right now. Um, he is also one of the older members of the council. He's sort of said, "Look, I'm winding down here. I've been doing this for a long time. It's time to pass the torch." Um, but he's been in this, he's been in local politics for a long, long time. A lot of people know his, know his name. We saw this week that Deandra Brown, who is famous for really two things one is being a like, globally renowned concert pianist, along with her four siblings, you've maybe heard of the Five Browns, um, is also a advocate for victims of child sexual assault. She famously testified at the Utah legislature um, leveraging some of her popularity and renownedness uh, to do a lot of advocacy work in that space. She's running. Well, the
1: Republicans have a very slim majority on the Salt Lake County Council right now. I think it's a 5-4 majority. And so I would guess Democrats are maybe concerned about how uh, how this race could turn out. Seems really important for them. Yeah. Right?
0: 100%. But I
1: don't know who else will jump into the race or if any Republicans have shown interest in that seat yet. TBD?
0: this is a big seat. The county council is a powerful place. If you are really interested in policy, it is where you want to be because you can get things done. The county is home to a third of the state's population. Like it's a. I think these are seats with quiet power. Um, and I think people who are really interested in policy work and really ambitious around policy ideas want to be there. At the same time, I think it can also be It is probably our most exhaustingly bureaucratic institution, the Salt Lake County Council and county government. And so it's also a good place to go if you have a lot of gumption and aren't worried about getting incredibly frustrated.
1: Yep. We'll keep an eye on this one.
0: Okay, let's do pick of the week and get out of here. Emily, what's your pick of the week? Okay,
1: my pick of the week. This week, the Salt Lake City Mayor's Office gave an update on the temporary shelter community. This is the sanctioned camping pilot project in downtown Salt Lake City, uh, close to Salt Lake City Central Station. And we recently learned that Switchpoint will be operating this Temporary Shelter Community, they've also opened up some uh, permanent supportive housing in Salt Lake City. We talked with their executive director, Carol Hollowell on the show, so we can link that if you're interested in learning more about their approach to homelessness. Um, And they're looking to open this month. It's later than we expected and later than most people hoped, but close to opening. And I just want to let people know that Switchpoint is accepting donations of new and gently used blankets for the future residents of this uh, shelter community. You can drop them off, uh, drop off donations at 233 West North Temple Street. So uh, go ahead and do that if you feel so inclined. Love it. That's the
0: sound of me writing that address down. Boom, bam, boom. (laughs) What's your pick, Allie? My pick of the week is uh, the queen of SLC's city card. So Kendall Rodriguez, her nom de TikTok, is that your nom de plume on TikTok, (laughs) what's that? Um, Is queen of SLC, she's also on Instagram. She has put together this, she's calling it the city card, and it's basically, it's not just in Salt Lake City, it's kind of all around Salt Lake County. So it's 50 bucks and you get with it $600 worth of discounts at 26 different businesses around the county. So here's an example. like If you go to Akerly, which is the CBD store over by the Maven District, you buy one, get one free. Any item in there with the card. Cool. Buy one, get one free at the Flake Pie Company. Emily, you will love this. Free one-hour karaoke room rental at oh. Flanker Kitchen. Hell Yeah. Um, yeah, buy an order of pancakes at Kumo Cafe, get one free, like 30% off a food item at Level Crossing. The list goes on and on. I think this is a great last minute gift idea. I know we already did our gift guide show, which if you haven't heard it is so fun. I'm proud of it. Um, we'll link it in the show notes for you, but it's a little card. She'll mail it to you and great stocking stuffer, great gift for someone who maybe like even just moved to Salt Lake and wants to explore the city more. Um, you can pick up the city card at queenofslc.com. It's 50 bucks. I love that. And it sounds
1: like there are a lot of options on there that, I mean, I haven't even heard of, Allie. So I would love to explore Salt Lake City with this card.
0: Yeah. Or places that are new, like Loki Coffee, which just opened. Buy one, get one free coffee. Okay. Sounds good. So fun. So fun. Emily Means, I will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. I cannot believe we're in the middle of December. This is (laughs) absolute chaos. It's all happening. And, uh, yeah, thanks for talking about the news with me. See you Monday, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our executive producer is Emily Means. Our producers are Ivana Martinez and Lizzie Goldsmith. Our newsletter editor is Therina Maria, and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band, Mitochondria, with additional music from All the Kimonos. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend.